We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, I thought it might be fun to chat about just who God is, the nature of God. You know, it's really important in our relationship with God to have a healthy biblical understanding of God. And I know both of us who pastor a lot of people and walk with a lot of people have seen when you have a not a great view of who God is. It affects your whole relationship with God. Like if your view of God is skewed based on, you know, experiences that you've had, or even just beliefs that you that you put on what you think God is like, or how he treats us, or all of those things, it really does affect how you relate to God. So I thought it'd be great just to talk about the nature of God, the character of God, who God is, who God is to you, and what we understand in scripture. Now, saying that, again, we're not going to be able to unpack the totality of that. The entire Bible from start to finish is full of details about who God is, and it is constantly reinforcing his character over and over and over again to show us that he is reliable and his character is reliable. And so we're definitely, in a few minutes, not going to be able to unpack the fullness of his character, but I just would love to personalize this conversation. Like, who is God to you? What are some of the characteristics of God that are like most meaningful for you or that you have a personal revelation on? Because the other part of this conversation that I think is so interesting is that I really do believe that each one of us as believers, we we each have a revelation about different aspects of the character of God. And it's also part of the beauty of the totality of the body of Christ, right? And so you might be an expression of this part of the nature of God because you have a revelation of that part of who God is. And I might have a different one. And as we, again, function together as a body, we can actually show all of these beautiful parts of who God is, you know, as the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And that expression of who God is, is inside of us as well. So I think it'd just be a neat conversation to talk about some of those characteristics and what stands out for you. So for you, Rhonda, what, what comes to mind when you think about the nature and the character of God? What do you love about God and, and what, you know, what's meaningful for you about the character of God? Wow. Just even as you're saying that, oh, there's so many dimensions of God, isn't there? Like when you think about it and so many things that I have to say have in certain circumstances, there's characteristics of God that have had fresh revelations in my life, depending on the circumstance, depending on how God is revealing himself in and through a situation. But I would say the steady, probably the, the steady characteristic of God that I lean on and probably have had the deepest revelation is God is my father. And that has even evolved because, you know, I grew up in a time where it was very legalistic and grew up in the church where it was about do's and don'ts and really feeling like if I don't do this, God is more like an authoritative father. Like I, I've got to make sure I'm doing everything right to gain his approval for him to love me for him. Almost like a contract. Like if I do this and that God will then bless me and be happy. If I don't, God's going to be upset with me and reject me. And I had to wrestle through that a lot in my I would say late teens, early twenties. It wasn't probably until like I experienced it during renewal, 
like a fresh impartation of God's love for me. When we've talked about 40 Days Ablaze, it was a revival time that we went through that was in the church. God's love was revealed to the church, the Father's heart. I would have been in my early 20s, but it probably took around 10 years for that to really unfold and to process out out. And I feel in my own life, one of the characteristics that I often, when I go to my prayer life, is I see God as a very loving father. And what I, I picture God, I picture him smiling. I picture him full of joy. That's, but that has taken a process for me to get there. And I would say that that's been probably the most consistent revelation that God has brought me to in my journey with Christ that hasn't started from a great place and actually doctrinally not a great place, more from the judgment side, more from that that side of God versus from the love part of God. And in his love, there's been such beautiful correction. It's not, you know, just from a place of just God loves me, so I, I'm permissible to do whatever I want. But it's been from a real deep anchor place like I'm loved by God that when I come, he loves me and I'm his daughter. And being a mother, I can't imagine, like, when my kids come into the room, my first thing is, like, <gasps> like, okay, let's be true. Sometimes, <laughs> like, we're not all perfect. <laughs> but deep down in my heart, I love my kids. Like, there's such a love. And I am so sinful and broken. And when I often step back and I think, like, you've shown me that as a mother, how much more so you as my f- perfect, eternal God loves me. And so that's been probably the, the greatest significant attribute of God. And Abba is where I would, in all my journals, I call him Abba. I say, I don't say father or God. It's Abba. And that's really like in the Hebrew, that daddy, in that sense of an intimate relationship with God. And so that would be for me. How about for you, Lori? Oh, that's so beautiful, though. Yeah. I just want to rest in that for a minute. That's yeah. really, really beautiful. That's a beautiful revelation and powerful. And I actually think, you know, I think a lot of us struggle with that part of who God is because of, you know, we we sort of put on God what our earthly experience was of a father. And the truth is that our earthly fathers, even if they're amazing, even if they're incredible fathers, they're not perfect and they don't love perfectly and they're flawed and they fall in the category as all of us do of all have fallen short. But our Heavenly Father does not. And I love how even the Lord's Prayer begins with, you know, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be his name. It literally starts with Daddy, Abba, Abba Father, our Heavenly Father who's in heaven. Again, giving him, <laughs> remembering that he is in heaven. He is He is over us. He is ruler and reigner, but he's also intimate Father, close, protector, loving, accepting, you know, kind towards us. Mm. And it is from that space, even the scriptures say it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Like even when he brings correction, there's a kindness. And we don't, we don't experience or see that here on earth. Mm. Uh, the, the kind of correction we bring to our kids often is not f- in perfect love. It often comes out of anger, out of Mm -hmm. disappointment. Mm -hmm. God doesn't have those same expressions of those things as we do. He really doesn't. I mean, I know the scriptures say that God can be angry, but he has righteous anger, which means his anger is perfect. We don't know what that's like. We've never experienced that. We've never felt that. We don't know what that's like. And so these parts of God, and I, I personally believe 
that God is never disappointed. I believe that's actually a human Mm. feeling or emotion because God knows everything. So I think he longs, I think he longs for more for us when we choose other things, but I don't think he feels disappointed the way that we get disappointed in each other, the way that we get let down by each other. I think he just loves us perfectly and longs Mm. for more for us, for all that he has prepared for us and given to us for us to have a revelation of that. So that is really, really beautiful. Mm. I know for myself, when it comes to the father aspect of God, um, that I too kind of put on God in my earlier relationship with God, sort of how I felt in my earthly relationship with my father, um, you know, and very much that manifested as similarly to you, but like an earning, a sense of earning, a sense of like when I'm good or doing good, my father accepts me. And when I'm not doing well, then I'm unacceptable. Mm. And it wasn't that my earthly father did that so overtly, but it's subliminally, right? It's sublim- subliminally in messaging that, you know, when you don't perform in school or when you don't, you know, follow all the rules or whatever, mm. it, the, how you're made to feel or how you feel or what you take on. And I, I just brought that into my relationship with God. And that revelation was really life-changing for mm. me as well in terms of how I related to God. You know, one of the, the characteristics of God that really stands out for me and, and actually is part of what I love about him so much is right at the very, very beginning of scripture is that God is creator. You know, we see right in the opening of scripture, right in Genesis one, like God created the heavens and the earth. He literally with his words spoke into being. And I love it that that's right at the beginning because I feel like that is an establishment of both his character and who he is. And that everything that we see, everything that we see, including us, including each other, and everything we see was created by God. Therefore, it's under the lordship of its creator. Mm. And it's just such a great reminder for us that this is just who he is. It's not just an aspect of his character. It's who he is. He is creator, which means he's over all of created things. Mm. And I think that's really powerful when we just think about his authority, when we think about his lordship, when we think about, you know, placing him over everything else. You know, when we think about his instructions about, you know, have no other gods before me, you know, don't place, you know, don't have idols. All of these things that we sort of place in Mm. God's place are created things, things he's created for us to have for life and joy and fulfillment, but they're not meant to ever take God's place as creator, as Lord over everything, everything. I mean, we see now in the world, you know, this rise of a sort of a universalist or worship of the universe or the universe is sending me messages or, you know, or like, you know, I'm going to manifest, you know, what I want and what I need and all of this, you know, I, I get, I get signs from the universe. All of that is created. All of that is actually under the ultimate creator. So I, I find it almost like, okay, like go for it. But there's actually someone over all of that, that is under his lordship and under his rule and under his power and under his reign. And I just think that's a really powerful kind of establishment of who he is. Another attribute of God, it's a name actually of God, Elohim, and it means power. 
And I love, as I've talked about revelation and I love all through scripture, when we see the power of God and how it's manifested in his mighty strength that you talking about him being the creator, Lord of all, there is nobody more powerful than God, nobody. Mm -hmm. And we see that like all through scripture when God intervenes in the most like impossible situation and it's nothing. God even says, is anything too possible for me? He says that the earth is his footstool and he actually laughs. Like (laughs) we're like little ants almost. And we think we're so mighty. And it's like, he's like, this is, it's not funny. Like he's laughing, mocking the earth. It's almost like, do you know how great I am? (laughs) And like, you think about like, the truth is we don't, we don't (laughs) like he's mighty and powerful. And I love when it gets to revelation, we see it says all might, all power belongs to our God, all glory, all majesty, holy. He at the end abolishes all sin. He abolishes all death once and for all gone. His work of the cross, what he did through Jesus Christ is completely manifested in the fullness of his glory and revelation. And I love the power. Even when Jesus returns, he's not coming as that babe in a manger. He's coming as a mighty warrior, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You know, he is coming mighty. They are going to see the fullness of his divinity. And so the power and the might of God is something I'm so drawn to. I mean, I love Wonder Woman. I love superheroes. Even in the spirit, it's kind of a joke. I picture myself like literally like a gladiator, like mighty, like Wonder Woman on a horse, like going for it, you know, really taking out the enemy. I literally love the warring power of God that we don't serve a God that's, you know, kind of shrugged his shoulders or off the side or meek and mel. No, our God is all powerful. He is a warring God and he will take a vengeance on sin and on the enemy and all injustice will be taken care of. We can be assured that our mighty, powerful God will take care of all things. So I feel like the power of God, like I love even when I read about Moses and what he did for the Israelites, just, it was almost like a tiny drop of his power that he separated the Red Sea. He did, you know, he just did incredible works in our, on their behalf. And I feel we can lose sight of the power of God. And so I love that. I get all excited when I think about the might and the power of God and even the power of the Holy Spirit and what can happen in the supernatural realm when, you know, oftentimes when I'm praying, I started praying the Holy Spirit. I would literally, I'll picture it's almost like my house comes like on fire, like in the spirit, my house is on fire and the enemy all around. Like when you think about, okay, I'm just going to be really honest here. But when you think about our world, we are veiled. There are so many principalities around us, heavenly and demonic, not just like demonic, heavenly forces around us. I picture literally the angelic forces around the house. I picture the fire of God in our house and the and the principalities of darkness, like literally screaming and moving back. Like when we think of the power of prayer, the power of the, of the Holy Spirit, what happens in the heavenly realm when we pray, that gets me fired up. And that God chooses to partner with us. He filled us with, our, with the Holy Spirit to partner with us, with the power of the Holy Spirit on earth. May it be on earth as it is in heaven. So anyway, I can go on and on, but the power of God gets me pumped. That is so awesome. I know. And I, when I think about the power of God, I think about the incredible restraint oh. that God has with that much power. Yes. And just how powerful that is, how powerful yeah. this idea, because we only see on earth misuses of power. Anybody yes. who has power 
misuses that power. And we've seen that. We see that over and over and over. We see it systemically. We see it generationally. We see it throughout all of the centuries of the misuse of power. Yet God has all of this power, yet he has Mm. such restraint within that power of this unfolding Mm. plan that has started from the beginning to the end. But do you know what I mean? Because when you think about it and when you think about what like what is going to unfold in the end and the restraint that he has right now as we wait for that time, as he waits for that time, for the appointed time, that's that blows my mind to think about. Amazing. And Lord, even the restraint, even in Revelation, he said, had the days not be cut short, no man could even take it. Like even in his unleashing of a, a small bit of his portion of power to abol- abolish all of that has gone on and to say enough is enough. Yeah, like to end darkness. Yeah, it's even completely restrained in the time of it because none of us could stand before. None of us could handle. So I just love that. It's so funny we talk about that because even the other day when I, we were doing yard work and I was looking at up the sun, I was like, you know, if that sun was just a little bit closer, we would all be scorched, scorched. If it was just a little bit further, we couldn't survive. We'd be frozen to death. There's like even how he has hung the sun and the moon, but the sun in its place to fully balance out like what we're able to survive. God has allowed us to survive. Yeah, there's a a restraint even in all of creation. creation. Like he even holds back the tides from completely. Like when you think about when we see a natural disaster, that could literally happen all the time everywhere there's the restraint the power of god is manifested in nature it's manifested in the skies but that is our creator like i love how you brought in the creator our father our creator but this is the magnificent power of god that's a beautiful way of even saying it, that even that is restrained because we we couldn't stand under any of that no but no. i love his power i love that we serve an all-powerful god and he invites us into his presence yeah yeah the all-powerful god yeah yeah it's so true it's It's so so beautiful beautiful. anyway okay how about for you laura we can yeah yeah Uh, another one another part of god's character that i absolutely love and i i cannot represent it effectively because i almost can't even fathom it is his perfect justice wow like that he is just and and the scriptures talk about that a lot too that god is absolutely just completely just like obviously we love that he is love like he doesn't just have love and that's not just his character but he is love and because he is love he has perfect justice which means that all the wrongs that we've ever like all the wrongs that we've ever faced will he will make right like he will make right and the scriptures promise we don't have to take things into our own hands like he will make right the wrongs that have been done to us on this earth, the wrongs that the enemy, the ways the enemy has, has taken advantage of us. And his justice is perfect in all of its ways. But the other side of this that I find brilliant and beautiful is that because he is perfectly just, and if we if we kind of dovetail that with his holiness, because he's completely and perfectly holy, it would actually be unjust if we were not punished 
for our unrighteousness next to his perfection, mm-hmm. next to like his perfect holiness. And so there's this beautiful, perfect justice, even in the fact that he had to send his son to bear the burden of our sin and the weight of our sin, to take that upon himself because we were already, we are declared guilty, but he, mm-hmm. he put that guilt on Jesus for us so that he could call us righteousness. And so there's just this beautiful, beautiful justice in the midst of all of that, that there's nothing we could have ever done to earn. There's no amount of law abiding. There's no amount of good works. There's no amount of religiosity. There's no amount of legalism. There's no amount of rules. There's nothing we could have done in our own strength to ever measure up to the perfect holiness like of his character and of who he is and so it would be unjust if we weren't held guilty for how we don't measure up next to him you know when we're invited into his kingdom but he sent jesus he sent jesus to bridge the gap where we don't measure up and that is how he can invite us into a place of righteousness and call us righteous even though we don't deserve it at all. And that's part of his perfect justice. That's part of the power and the beauty of this mm. unfolding revelation and this unfolding redemption plan that we all get to be invited into, you know, in our faith. And so again, I can't fully fathom that because even justice in and of itself, we have never seen here on earth true, genuine, real justice in its perfection, we just don't. So even our court of law, you know, things happen and someone's convicted of a crime, a crime that has really hurt a person or a family. And no matter what the sentence is, that doesn't take, that's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take that pain away. It doesn't right the wrong that was done. It cannot bring justice to what has happened. And so we live in that pain here on earth mm. that there just really is no true justice for the pain that we experience on earth, yet God is perfectly just. So can we actually take the weight of the injustice of the world off of our shoulders and place it on the feet of Jesus, like place it at the feet of Jesus and say, I trust you that you're perfectly just and that you will right every wrong that has ever happened. Like I, You know what I mean? And I feel like that's what he's inviting us into in this part of his character is, can I take the weight of the injustice of what has happened in your life, of what you've experienced, of what you see, both personally, systemically, around the world, what, you know, even your brothers and sisters in faith are experiencing. Can you place that on my shoulders and trust me that I am perfectly just and I will make all things new and I'll make all things right. And again, that is, that gives me a sense of relief. That gives me a sense of relief because the truth is there is no real justice here on this side of eternity. You unpack that brilliantly. So that's a powerful part of his character. So powerful. You know, I heard a beautiful quote and it has stuck with me for a while now. And it says the son of God became a son of man. So the sons of man can become sons of God. Yes. Yes. When you're talking about that, like holy like yes. the weight of the sin. exchange, the exchange, like the son of God became a son of man, that the sons of men can become sons of God. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that like, that yeah. is, that is perfect justice at yeah. work, but how you just unpacked how we live in this world now and to put that on the shoulders of God. That was a beautifully, 
beautifully articulated. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyways, I know we could unpack this probably for hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll do another segment sometime, you know, on this topic. But I really encourage you if you're listening to this podcast today, you know, that if there are parts of the aspects of God that you have taken on because of earthly disappointment, pain, struggle, you know, just ways that you've been treated here on earth that you've sort of put onto God, you know, we just encourage you to lay that down and go to the word of God and, and even, or go on to Google and research the names of God, the character of God, and start to do an exchange from anything that doesn't line up with his character, exchange what it is that you believe for those things, for those truths and apply them to your own life, to your own story and start to elevate to who God really is, not just who you think he is. Because often we have a skewed view of God and that really affects how we relate to God. And so we just really, really encourage you to go on that journey. And that's a journey that will unfold for the rest of your life. And it's so beautiful. And every time a revelation comes of another aspect of God, you will just be brought into oh the beauty and the power and the freedom that comes with understanding who God is from that perspective. So we just really encourage you to go on that journey. That That's exactly because the king wants to reveal himself to you. You know, he sent his son. He sent his son so that we may know him and we may know his heart. And so as you're, as Lori has just said, like as you're discovering God, where is it that you want to reveal yourself fresh to me today? We know that that is going to happen. There's a fresh revelation for you today. Open your heart, open your eyes and may the word come alive as you look through scriptures and see how he has revealed himself to us. Love that. Well, we hope you have an amazing day. Continue to hold fast to all that Jesus is and all that God is and keep digging into the word of God to discover who God is and how he wants to reveal himself to you afresh this week. Bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.